What does it mean to connect to your future at Lake Michigan College? They connect you to your future passion. Explore paths to careers that will excite and motivate you. Visit lakemichigancollege.edu to find out how to connect to your future. I'm Andrew Green with this edition of Flick Pick. This past weekend, I saw two movies at Celebration Cinema in Benton Harbor. The first one was The Banshees of Inishirin, so I'll start with that one. The Banshees of Inner Sheeran is nominated for Best Picture at this year's Academy Awards, and it stars Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson as a couple of best friends living in a small Irish village in the 1920s. The film was directed and written by Martin McDonough, and it is a very simple affair. In this movie, Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson are best friends. However, at the start of the film, Gleeson, who is substantially older than Farrell, suddenly announces he doesn't want to be friends anymore. Colin Farrell's character, being a somewhat simple guy, is confused by this, so he keeps approaching his former friend, asking why they can't talk anymore, until Gleason finally tells him. Basically, it comes down to, I'm sick of you. Gleason says he wants to do something meaningful with the remaining years of his life, rather than just listening to Colin Farrell running his mouth all the time. From there begins a sort of rivalry between the two, as Colin Farrell is driven increasingly crazy by the fact that his former best pal now won't speak to him. He's consoled by his sister, played by Carrie Condon, and all the other other villagers seem rather sympathetic to his plight, but that's not really helping. As the movie goes on, Colin Farrell becomes more and more obsessed with this until it damages his mental health. Meanwhile, Brendan Gleeson's character also, as we learn, doesn't quite have it all together either, and things escalate from there. As mentioned, this is a very simple film. I mean, what I just described to you is essentially what it's about. None of the scenes take place away from this small Irish island, and we don't have much of an idea of really what's going on in the world outside of the island, except for the Irish Civil War. At a certain point, I started to wonder if the rivalry between Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson was supposed to be symbolic of that war, and in fact, as it turns out, it was but I don't think it's a very well-fleshed-out idea. Overall, though, The Banshees of Inner Sheeran is a very enjoyable film. It's extremely comedic, actually. In fact, I would call this movie a comedy, a dramatic comedy or a dramedy, with colorful characters on this island who frequently shout obscenities at each other and get drunk just about every night. Okay, so I guess that does match what I would expect things to be like in Ireland, but yeah, this movie is very amusing. Both lead performances are strong, and I also really liked Carrie Condon as Colin Farrell's long-suffering sister. Turns out she has ambitions greater than just living on this island with her brother, and I was rooting for her throughout. The Banshees of Inner Sheeran does feature a lot of interesting cinematography, a lot of aerial shots of this town. For some reason, there are walls of stacked rocks throughout this entire island, and I wondered who built them and when, and also why, but it does create a really interesting image for the movie. This is a charming little movie, really harmless, and I honestly could recommend it to just about anyone. It was interesting to me to see how Colin Farrell sort of falls apart as the movie goes on. I mean, I think he's suffering from some sort of trauma here because his friend has wronged him. Have you ever been wronged by somebody, like somebody just did something horrible to you and you don't know why? That happened to me once, and I've been obsessed about it ever since. And it was years ago. So it was interesting to me seeing the same thing happen to Colin Farrell in this movie. I can sympathize with him. As far as the pictures nominated for Best this year at the Oscars, I'd put the Banshees of Inner Sheeran at the top half of those that I've seen. It's an enjoyable, simple little film, and I recommend checking it out if you have the chance. You'll have some chuckles. I give the Banshees of Inner Sheeran a 4 out of 5 for this edition of Flick Pick. 
Okay, and now we get to our second movie of the week. This one is Infinity Pool, written and directed by Brandon Cronenberg. No, not David Cronenberg. This is Brandon Cronenberg, the other Cronenberg's son. In this movie, an American writer takes a trip to an island resort, and he's told not to leave the resort. For as nice as this little getaway is, the island nation in which it's located is rather brutal, as we're told. And so, of course, one day our main character, played by Alexander Skarsgård, does leave the resort with a group of others, and they get themselves into some trouble. They drunkenly kill a pedestrian by hitting him with their car, and then they try to cover it up. And sure enough, the police catch up with them. It's at this point where we learn that this little resort island does have a twist. Seems they've perfected the science of cloning on this island, and our main character James here is told that if he pays a large sum of money, he can have an exact double of himself made, and that double will instead take the punishment for his crime, which in this case would be execution. James opts to do it, and then from there, the movie gets wilder and wilder. James here hooks up with a group of libertine American vacationers who are also aware of the whole escape consequences by having yourself cloned thing, and it's not long before the whole group of them descends into total hedonism as they commit all kinds of crimes confident in the knowledge they themselves won't be held accountable. And I have to say, Infinity Pool does have a really interesting premise. What would it do to a person to know that they can do anything and not face consequences? That's what Infinity Pool explores. What would it do to a person's psyche to know that they've done something horrible, and that to remedy the situation, they could do something else horrible, and then they could go on doing more horrible things? What happens in Infinity Pool is James starts to lose his mind, and that's actually where the movie's problems begin. This thing started out really interesting, but by about the halfway mark, it descends into to a sort of psychedelic fever dream. Once James's wife leaves the island and he's alone with all these crazy American partiers, his grip on reality and any sense of decency he might have once had evaporates. Mia Goth is the ringleader of these American partiers who's driving him down this road, and she's actually the reason why I saw the movie. I loved Mia Goth and Pearl so much I had to check this film out, and she is good. She sadistically beats James down until he's completely dehumanized by the end of the film. And there are admittedly other interesting things things going on in Infinity Pool. For example, I started to wonder if perhaps the version of James that was executed at the start of the film was in fact the real James and what we're looking at as things get wilder and wilder is just another clone of James. And now that I think about it, that could explain why he starts to lose his grip. You know how if you make a copy of a copy and then you keep doing that, the copies get worse and worse? Maybe that's what's actually going on here with James. Perhaps we're just watching a series of clones of this guy descend into complete madness. Infinity Pool also also raises a moral question, you know, with the whole clone thing, like, what if you could escape the consequences of your actions by cloning yourself? Would you create a clone of yourself just so that it could suffer and die so you don't have to? Now, while all of that is interesting to think about, the fact remains that Infinity Pool is just not that pleasant to sit through. As I mentioned, it's a psychedelic fever dream. A lot of it's total nonsense with flashing lights and out-of-focus color shows. The film opens up with a warning to us that some scenes could lead to a seizure if you're prone to that kind of thing. And sure enough, there are a lot of flashing lights in Infinity Pool. And I didn't quite understand the motivations of the American partiers who drive James to his low point in this film. Like, why are they doing this? They act at times like there's some kind of goal that they have, but I'm not sure what it is. I think they're just destroying this guy's sanity. Infinity Pool does have some interesting cinematography apart from the light shows, with stylish colors and demented camera angles. And the performances are good. I thought Alexander Skarsgård was good, and I was happy to see Mia Goth again. But this movie becomes so abstract that, again, it's just not really pleasant to sit through. I suppose you could call Infinity Pool a horror movie, but I'm not sure that's quite what it is. I mean, it's some kind of, like, psychological 
psychological descent into hell, but either way, it's not really enjoyable. Unless you're interested in truly bizarre stuff, I'd recommend staying away from this one. And you probably don't need to hear that from me, I was the only person in my theater when I saw this. Infinity Pool did bomb in its opening weekend, and that's no surprise. Hey, maybe I'm losing my edge, but I just didn't enjoy this movie. I give Infinity Pool a 2 out of 5 for this edition of Flick Pick. (laughs) 